Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you decided to join in. Remember, if you're in any kind of danger, please don't listen to the podcast. Hang up, dial 911, get some help. Um, I want to give you the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. That is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. Today, I have a very special guest with me, and her name is Jamie Singleton Cloudus. And she is a survivor of domestic violence, and um, she's actually from where I grew up. So this is kind of a community thing. This is somebody that's very special to me, a good friend of mine. So she's wanting to talk about what happened to her. Like I said, she's a wonderful survivor. She's actually a warrior, and um, she's been through a whole lot. So, Jamie, I'm going to get your take on your life and let you talk about your story. Well, hi, guys. Um Thank you for listening today. Um, I'll just give you a, a brief background of what led up to the abuse. Um, at the age of four through the age of eight, I was a, a child sexual abuse uh, survivor. Um, at the age of 13 uh, or 14, I talked about that with my parents. Um, we went to court. Uh, he was put in prison for three life sentences in 60 years and at the age of 17 I married my first husband and uh, moved to Germany and we were uh, he was abusive um, and I fought back with him I guess because we had grown up together and um, it was more uh, I felt more confident in fighting back against what he was giving me um, but anyways, all the abuse led to a divorce in uh, 2001 or 2000. And then um, in 2001, I, uh, I had two times of attempted suicide. Um, and then I met the man that became my monster I guess you could say he uh, we had a chance meeting Um, a friend had introduced us I'd gone over at his house and he lived with his mother Um, he seemed to be an all right guy uh, to begin with because I was already um, wanting to die but didn't really Um, I can tell you about the first time that he abused me um, I had taken a plate of breakfast into him because he liked to have breakfast in bed and um, it had sausage on it instead of bacon and he threw the covers off of him, kicked me into the wall and into the dresser, um, grabbed me, threw me against the bed and um, did horrible uh, things. Just. It was so fast and so violent, I didn't even know how to respond. Um, There was, I I was basically emotionless. I had never witnessed anything like that, even going through the abuse that I had with my ex-husband. It wasn't like what I went through with this man. And um, he, uh, after it was over and everything, he apologized said he had never done anything like that before. Um, He did admit that he had anger issues, but that he had never um, acted out on him like he had done then and swore he'd never do it again. 
and uh, I stayed. I stayed for um, two and a half years. And during that two and a half years, um, it became pretty much a daily thing. I wasn't, uh, at times I was locked in a bedroom. Um, the only time I was permitted to leave the bedroom was whenever he wanted uh, me to take a bath. Um, he would bring food in that his mother had prepared, you know, once or twice a day. Um, I was allowed to come out to take him um, to do what uh, he did. Um, like he didn't have a driver's license or anything. I was the only one with a vehicle and a driver's license. And um, he would use me um, to make what money that he made. And um, anyways, he forced me to do illegal things. Um, um, he, he was a drug dealer. Um, I would drive him to pick up drugs. I would drive him to deliver drugs. Um, and whenever he was out of drugs, he was the same person that he was whenever he was on drugs. Um, he was violent 24 seven. Um, there was times that, um, he abused me so badly that, um, I wasn't able to urinate. There was times that, um, he abused me so badly that I couldn't even walk. Um, Whenever people started noticing what he was doing, um, he started beating my legs. But prior to that, um, he'd hit me multiple times in my face. At one point in time, I did try to leave, um, or actually I did leave because um, he had beat me in my face and I could put uh, my two fingers in between my cheek and my uh, the inside of my cheek and the outside. Um, and then the doctors had to stitch it up and. Um, he had slit my eye. Um, I was just covered in bruises and everything. And um, his favorite thing to do was um, it was like a wrestling move. Um, he would lay me on my stomach and he would pull my legs back behind me and he would sit on my shins. And um, he did that whenever I was pregnant with our child on several occasions. Um, and because of that, uh, now I deal with uh, degenerative disc disease, but I've had um, neck surgery and lower back surgery where my vertebrae have basically collapsed. Um, and I'm, I'm disabled. I've been disabled since um, uh, 2009. And, um, but I deal with that daily and it's a constant reminder of what I went through, but I'm a survivor. Even with all that, I didn't give up and I didn't give in and I didn't quit fighting. Um, to be here um, whenever Kim would be angry I would know um, just to shut down and to take whatever it was he gave me um, it was a I never fought him back until the very last time um, that he abused me and that was whenever I was um, about seven and a half months pregnant with our son and um, it was like I said, very violent. Um, his mother tried to intervene. He hit her as well. Um, and that happened a good bit. But this time, um, I think she had called the law and he knew that they were on the way. And I was just trying to get out. And he had uh, done the thing where I was laying on my 
um, stomach, which was Mikey. And um, he was hitting me in the back of the head and slamming my face into the floor. And like I said, his mother intervened. And um, while he was hitting her, I had the keys in my hand um, to escape because he kept them in his dresser. And I wasn't allowed to touch the keys unless he said so. But um, I was able to get to the keys and I stabbed him in the back um, while he was hitting his mother. And I ran down the hallway and to my car. And once I got to my car, he had made it to me and he slammed my belly um, in that door multiple times. And it actually... uh, ruptured or tore the sack and um, I was dilated four centimeters and whenever I got to the hospital the doctor said that thankfully that it had sealed itself somehow by the grace of God and um, I carried my son another two months to um, until he, he was born um, being like I said dilated four centimeters and um, once I got away from him that time, I stayed away. Um, I had um, I was visited after my son was born and uh, by DHR, and they told me that if I ever went back, that they would take my son from me. Although that wasn't even an issue, I wasn't going to go back to begin with. Um, but I finally um, had refuge at my parents' home, and um, I got my life together. Um, I was able to uh, gain custody of my daughters on June 8th of 2005 and I lived next door to my parents and um, I did um, all I could do to I was going to college I was working and I started my own business um, with uh, snow cones and right there beside my house and I loved it and I, I would still do it to this day if I was physically able to But um, my point of telling you all this is that every one of us are the same but different. Um, We have these moments that are are terrible and horrific, but we have um, opportunities to escape. And during all the abuse that I went through, I had escaped twice um, and lived in domestic violence shelters and different one was for almost two months and one was only for a couple of weeks but during that time I met women that had gone through similar situations and I met their children and I seen their faces and saw their pain and but at the same time there was a lot among us all that it was like God was shining on us and giving us this opportunity um, to escape that kind of abuse because no one deserves that and um, it took me years before I could ever truly believe that anyone was capable of loving me Um, it was probably whenever I was uh, 30 um, before I ever realized that anyone was capable of loving me I met the um, uh, I met a guy that I went to school with and never would have thought in a million years that he would have been the love of my life, but he is. And um, we've been together um, for 10 years now. And he used to ask me every day if I would marry him. 
And I'd tell him, no, not today. Ask me tomorrow. And then the next day he'd ask me. And I'd tell him the same thing over and over again for about six years of our relationship. And then uh, we married about four years ago. Um, We'll be five in February. But um, it took a lot of strength and courage that I didn't even know I had in me um, to get to where I am today. Uh, I encourage my children. I have five children, um, three biological and two from our marriage. And they're all my children. Um, I love them all equally. And we, they know all about what I've gone through. And they've seen the pain. Um, they've heard the nightmares. Um, my husband more especially has. Um, he works nights so that um, I guess it kind of helps our relationship in a way because um, he doesn't get the swings uh, from the PTSD that I have. And whenever he comes into the room, he'll, you know, introduce himself or, you know, he'll announce himself. And um, that helps me a lot. Uh, I have a lot of, I still have a lot of triggers that I deal with on a daily basis. And I learn daily on how to cope with those triggers. And I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. If you're listening, Um, they're not easy. Um, Like I said, they affect me every day. And you just have to keep going on a daily basis. You have to, to tell yourself that there is a reason for you to be here and that you survived all of what you've gone through for a reason. And you may not know that reason, but I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't have gone through what you've gone through had it not been for your ability to come out of that darkness and into the light and be able to witness what you've gone through and testify to what you've gone through. and to survive um, and to thrive. Uh, What I went through with Kim, um, he was charged and convicted of domestic violence in Aniana. He served a day less than a year and um, he, he did that, but he still on occasion tries to contact me through Facebook and um, he'll ask for, you know, pictures of our son, and um, I try to ignore him most of the time, but I have actually sent him pictures of our son, and I don't even know why. That's what's so crazy, I guess, because I don't want to hold that against him as far as he's never been a part of my son's life, but um, he'll always, no matter what, be his biological father, and um He's nothing like his daddy at all. Um, He looks um, so much like me. It's not even funny, but he looks also like his dad at times. And I have to remember that um, he is a part of him, whether I want him to be or not. And um, anyways, I just just wanted y'all to know all this today. And... um, I have a lot more I could talk about, but I've kind of brought myself to a conclusion here. And um, I just want to thank y'all for everything. And Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I just want to ask you one last question before we get we hang up on the podcast. Okay. If I mean, you know, like you had said something to, you know, the effect, if you're out here listening, what would you say right now if there's a young lady out here listening to your podcast, to what you've just said you've been through? What do you want to tell her 
that you wanted to tell yourself, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing while you was in that situation, what would be that one defining moment for you that you could tell her? You're worthy. Mm. You're worthy of so much more. Mm-hmm. You're worthy of love. Um, just run. Um, run with the clothes on your back or run naked. It doesn't matter. Just get out. Um, it will never end. He's never going to get better. You've done nothing wrong. No matter what he is holding over your head. So what? Is something that you can recover from. Your children are worth more. Your family is worth more. Um, it's not easy. Ever. But there's a day that will come along once you're away from the situation that you will be able to breathe and you won't be afraid to. You'll be able to feel and you won't be afraid to. You'll be able to speak and you won't be afraid to. You'll just be able to be yourself for the first time and it'll be okay because nobody will be there telling you that you're doing it wrong. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Right. Well, I think that's beautiful. And I think that I really appreciate Jamie for talking because I know how hard it is to sit and talk about so many personal things, you know, and just letting that out. But I know what kind of release that can be for you as well as a survivor, you know. And guys, I'm telling you, I want y'all to listen to this podcast. This is a survivor series, by the way. Uh, So I got another special lady coming up. But um, thank you for talking on the podcast today. Oh, thank you because this is, probably gonna, this is probably going to be heard in Singapore, I've been told. <laughs> so, well, that's cool. But um, anyways, everyone, I love you so much. Thank y'all for always supporting the podcast and listening to this old girl talk. And um, uh, I'll talk to you on the next podcast, guys. Talk love to you, you later. Love you.